So what, what happened was we've been posting shorts since June on there, um, pretty much just reposting everything that we post everywhere else. But they opened up a their shorts payment program, like a completely different like payment process than their long form. Um, and they did that. They started the invitation process January 1st. And on February 1st, they started paying people. And literally, we were averaging like 10,000 views a day on, on YouTube December 31st. And on January 1st, we had 2.8 million views. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've had uh, 86 million views so far this year. That's impressive. It's been it's been well crazy. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, <clears throat> we'll start this out. What are you drinking? I am right. drinking. I'm at home and I'm in my office. I'm not going to light up a cigar in here, although I really want to. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm blessed and cursed. I guess I I did go out of pocket on it, but I built a little lounge off the back of my house, so I'm off the back of my house. I got partnered with Dream Seat. Got some nice lounge chairs, oh, rabbit air, partnered with them. Got got a nice rabbit air next to me. I can't, the bummer is it smokes this entire room out because I can't have that thing on blast right next to me during podcast. But um, yeah, how well uh, I've seen them. I haven't used them in, a clo- in an enclosed space. How well do they work? Okay. This is what I'll say. Now, so I put this right next to my ashtray, right? So I, I thought it was going to be like genius, right? Like, so I can just boom, you put your cigar down, it gets sucked right in. That is true. If you walk around, since it's so low and kind of tucked, it's, it's, there's another chair right next to me too. It, yeah. it doesn't capture. So like ideally it smoke rises. Need, so you'd want to have it up top. Does it need ventilation to kick the smoke out of the room or no, does it's it circulate a, it's a, it within? Yeah. It's a fil- filtration system. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, so I, I didn't get an answer. But, what are you? Uh, no, yes, I am drinking. I am drinking a ASW Fiddler Bourbon. It's their Amberana. So this, I realized I'd never talked to you about these guys, but these guys, they're they're distillery out of Atlanta, and they are making a lot of moves, definitely locally. But they've just won a couple of awards in San Francisco and contests and stuff. But this stuff is literally my favorite um, bourbon right now. It's That's so sweet. good. Is that just sold down there? No, it's sold nationwide. Nationwide. I'll They're, have to be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I, I don't know. They're in select retailers. Um, but they're in Total Wine if you have those and, and a couple other things. We do. Nice. I was, I was going to say I'm going to crack this open, but it's already... Well underway. <laughs> Did you? Cra- Hopefully, you didn't crack it open today. Otherwise, this no, is gonna I be didn't. a fun podcast. <laughs> no, this was. <laughs> uh, no, this was one of those bottles that last time I went down to Kentucky. It's the Mictors limited release barrel string. Let's see if the nice autofocus will actually. There yeah. we go. Um, yeah, excellent. But when I was at Mictors, they had this on their display shelf, not for sale. Yeah, because it's a pretty limited bottle mm-hmm. and they were like yeah that's not uh that's not for sale i'm like it has to be for sale everything's for sale and they're like no that one's just a display bottle i'm like so how much does this 
the display bottle cost and then they're like all right this is the price i'm like okay can i buy it <laughs> like so i walked out with it well that's a but cool story I, but then i brought it to the cigar lounge with some friends and this is how it came back so mm-hmm. always how it happens right but that's what it's for right yeah absolutely the people that hold bourbon for like years and, and they're like, yeah, I'm saving this. And I'm like, you know, they make bourbon to drink it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's why, um, they, that's why they make it. What are you, uh, what are you smoking? Smoking on a Placencia Alma del Fuego. Those are so good. I, I know. Placencia. You know what I learned when I was at TPE? I was, I was talking to them. They have 11 employees. That's it. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm like, how the hell? Not including the rollers and stuff, obviously, but but for the company, like, that's I was wild. like, and yeah, it, it blows my mind. And they make all of Rocky Patel's cigars, so I'm like, they make a lot of people's cigars. Yeah, I know. I'm like, you would need 11 people just to manage the Rocky account. I feel like, but well, okay. So I was with. I'll keep his name off the podcast. I was with someone a few weeks ago, rep for a big brand. He said, like we were talking about will brands, or let me rephrase that. The question was, how long can a brand that's linked to somebody specific last? Uh, If that person steps away. Yeah. So someone like Rocky, like he started his career out in the cigar industry by just going nuts as the sales guy. Mm -hmm. And so every shop in the country knew him. He would travel pretty much every day of the year. Yeah. And he wanted his face to be associated with his cigar because he's like, this is my product. Um, And he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, he did. Obviously he did great at it. (laughs) Yeah. And he's still going. And like, I know his travel slowing down and and, uh, his family and his cousins that are running a lot of the business are um, taking but but the question was how long can a company like that go but, so like but there's not that many people behind although well, the connection to placencia yeah is there's not that many people behind rocky patel and the, and there's not that many it's people true. behind davidoff like these huge brands is there not and a lot behind davidoff either it's just shockingly small wow. and it's not saying the company's small what? Um, but yeah, I mean, Davidoff for sure is not tiny, <laughs> but we've been to PCA. We like, you can fit everybody that that's anybody in the cigar industry in the same room and it's a big sure. room, but it's not that, I mean, not comparatively. Yeah. I mean, it, when you boil it down in the cigar industry, it's a small industry, like yeah. comparatively to a lot of different things. I mean, you know, TPE is a great example. TPE is vapes and cigars primarily they've opened it up to a couple other things this year but it's vapes and cigars primarily and word on the street is well this year alone it was like a third maybe a little less than a third of the show uh or a fourth sorry of the show was cigars the rest was vape next year the word on the street is it's going to be two floors one floor vape three-fourths of the floor vape one-fourth cigars (laughs) But I don't so think like, the cigar industry is shrinking. No, it's not shrinking. I think it's that the others are getting bigger. It's like oh, what absolutely. We, it's like what we talk about with print is print's not um it has the illusion of shrinking. But there's right. more print now than there ever has been. It's just the 
opposing forms of media are also bigger than they've ever been. That's a good, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. I, I have not looked at it that way. But yeah, I mean, like, online media is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. It's not that print shrinking. The That's, ratio is changing, hmm. but yeah. both are still growing. Hmm. Um, which, I mean... That's not necessarily a bad thing. So the, no. these these arts are not they're not going away. No. Um, but no. the cigar industry is interesting because you go all over the world and there's cigar shops packed with like what are now our friends' products. Yeah, yeah. And, and it feels so small. It's it's so tiny when you look at the the back end of it. No, that's it's definitely it's it's an illusion that I didn't understand until I got a little further into you know. Again, my making them my friends rather than, oh, Davidoff, oh, Placencia, oh, Rocky, you know, all this. Mm -hmm. Like, once you get behind it, you realize, you know, it's 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 kind of just good old-fashioned farming. Yep. And then on the yep. front end, it's just good old-fashioned sales. Yeah. With like a shiny wrapper. If you can yeah. put a, a gold inlaid wrapper in anything, people in suits will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So I, I didn't introduce you yet. Adam Gard with Dreamer Cigars. Um, yes. We, I met you for the first time at PCA. I'd been a little bit familiar with uh, the podcast and, and the, what would you call it? Cigar tips videos that you guys. Cigar education. Cigar education. There's the word um, on social media. And mm -hmm. they were digestible, digestible pieces of education for people who are just getting into cigars and there are i think there's other people kind of in that space but you all have kind of taken a different approach on how you on how you do it and what i like about yours is like i'm going to quickly answer this question and yeah. it's a question that's on everybody that's news mind i'm not going to take you through <laughs> a 10 minute intro on a video to answer yeah am i cutting this wrong right um, absolutely and that's that's what we so so now it definitely started out it kind of took we what we did the way it ended up being that niche is we just listened to the people that were actually watching us right everybody right. starts out small everybody starts out somewhere we're a year in, or two years and two months in tomorrow um, I still remember the first post that I did it's just a random review on TikTok and I didn't know what it was I was just popping it out there. I had like mm -hmm. two followers. And then, of course, if you, you know, read, read my article, of course, in ATF magazine, you, you see it just grew. And within three months, we had 50,000 followers. And that's when I realized this needs to become something yeah. uh, more than me just having a little hobby and, and getting some free cigars on the side or something. And, and now, um, two years later, we are, we don't even consider ourselves like cigar influencers anymore. We're cigar education company and we have a good amount of things in the works um that i, I will I, i'd be willing to to release on this one of the things is is going to be we're going to call it dc university dream okay. of cigars yeah um and we're going to have several courses that are um cigar related around education not only beginners but all the way to rolling your own cigar um the farming process um accessory maintenance we're we're partnering with the guy that um co-founded zycar and and doing a lot there's a lot more than you know just filling up your lighter and and 
lighting it and and just cutting your cigar. So you can go full extreme, and and we're we're building a, a site to be able to have whatever level of education you want to do. It's it's basically tobacconist university for the consumers, sure. right? Um, but it starts bare bones if you, if you want to. That's sweet. I, I feel like there's people on both ends of the spectrum, uh, of wherever they're at in the their cigar journey. Absolutely. That you got to start somewhere kind and kind of all of that fascinating. Yeah. Um, like I, like I have not been down to a farm or a factory. Well, mm-hmm. I've been to one factory in Miami. Um, yeah. but even that was like, there's, there's people behind this. There's a very, very trained craft that it takes yeah. to produce cigars. It's not people just, no. <laughs> quickly rolling cigarettes in a field somewhere. It's like it is uh it, there is a reason that still to this day I, I'll swear I'll never launch my own brand. Because farming it's a far like I mean we we alluded to it a little earlier. It's a farming industry, if you yep. really look at it. That's because you know a hurricane swept through, you know, the all the Latin America, you know, I think it was last last year, right? Like October, yeah. um, hit Nicaragua like terribly. Like they lost hundreds of thousands of dollars because their crops were destroyed. Yep. And I don't like playing against Mother Nature. <laughs> no, from a business perspective. Yeah. Um, every time I see someone like that, we're launching a new brand, I'm like, good luck. <laughs> Seriously, it's like. Whew. And and it's just you just rely on Mother Nature. You know, my my yeah. dad when I was little owned a golf course, and still to this day he said it's it was like the the worst business he's ever been in because he was like he told me he actually told me a couple of weeks ago if it rained on Fourth of July I would lose a hundred thousand dollars in revenue. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, how can you like? It's just there's yeah. enough hardship in business to have to compete with something you can't control at all. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's uh let's take this back to the beginning. Who the hell are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so my name is Adam Gard, right? Yeah, yes, absolutely. I I have been I'm actually happy now because this Dreamer Cigars marks the first time I've had a job over two years um, out of college. I've done a lot of different things. Out of college, I was... When did I, you graduate? I, I graduated in 2019. And where, where'd you go and what'd you go for? So I went to... Originally, I went to Kennesaw State University. I played football there. It's a small D1 school here in uh, Georgia. And then I transferred to Thomas More University a D3 school, finished out my football career there. Um, and I majored in education. Okay. So the background story is I had no idea really what I wanted to do. My entire childhood was pretty much based around getting to the NFL. Um, it's all I ever really cared about at all. Um, when I gave up the D3, you know, when I transferred to D3, it was kind of a, wasn't giving up, but it was a acknowledgement that, you know, all right, this NFL is not going to happen probably. Um, so I was like, what do I do? I've always been a very, very big self-help guy. 
Um, yeah. Tony Robbins, all those guys, you know, that's, that's a huge thing of mine, um, that I've been passionate about for a long time. So I was like, well, maybe I'll be a teacher for a little while, get into my speaking career or something, you know, I'll do that and coach football. Cause I like football, you know, I was like, maybe this will work. Yeah. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, went right after college and taught at a school up in Kentucky for, for a year. Um, did coach football, which is pretty cool because one of the guys I coached is going to be a top 10 draft pick probably this year. Was this college or high school or what? High school, high school. Um, he went to Notre Dame. His name is Michael Mayer. Okay. Um, one of the best tight ends in the draft this year, which is pretty cool. Um, we went 16 and 0, so I'm also undefeated as there you a go. high school football where, coach. Where in Kentucky was this? Northern Kentucky. So everybody will know the school because it was uh, on the news pretty heavily for quite some time. It was Covington Catholic, um, where the guy on the March for Life had the. Is that Indians. in Louisville? No, uh, it's in. Uh, it's Covington, Kentucky. Is Covington Catholic? So it's Covington, Kentucky. Is where it's where it is. It's literally two miles from downtown Cincinnati. Like the river's okay. right there. Yeah. And then downtown. I, I lived in Louisville for a little while. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a school that everybody knows the, the Indian guy was drumming in the guy's face and then he ended up, you know, not, he was like not smiling. And then like the, the entire school Homeland security went and took over a classroom and they had snipers in the, uh, woods during like school hours because there was so many threats because everybody thought this school was racist and it was bonkers. Yikes. Um, but he ended up winning. The number was never disclosed. Pretty sure he won a couple hundred thousand dollars at least, um, in lawsuits against the Washington post, CNN. He won every lawsuit. Um, so that's, that's good. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but it was yeah, good for him, I guess. It was nuts, but um, that aside, yeah, so that's what I did. Didn't like it at all. Couldn't teach the same thing. I was actually teaching religion at the time. Um, it was a Catholic school, and I just I couldn't do the same thing seven times a day for the next 40 years or whatever. So decided to look around, went, and... Uh, one of my dad's buddies that that I knew pretty well because I played football with him in high school um, was flipping houses in Georgia. And I'd always been semi-interested in real estate, but I was mostly interested in getting out of teaching and, and trying to, to just pursue something. He offered me a job. So I moved down to Georgia with uh, my now wife and flipped houses for a year. Um, that was something that was really cool. We flipped million dollar lake homes. So that was That's pretty cool. cool. Um, then I got offered a job during that time is when the cigar thing hit. And then, um, I actually met, I was going to local lounges, trying to, you know, do some stuff, started doing some marketing for this local lounge. That owner happened to own a commercial real estate company, renovating hotels for Marriott. He offered me a job. So I did that. Um, up until last June to where this cigar thing was big enough. Um, and my, my marketing company on the side was big enough to where now I'm just on my own. So that's, 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 that's my story. You've made it. 
Yes. I, <laughs> it doesn't feel that way. I would say going no. on your own comes with um, a lot of education. Yeah. And, and that means, I mean, not making a lot of money and spending a lot of money while not making a lot of money. Um, on yeah, I don't businesses. think anybody has a story where they start their own business and they work less and they're less stressed and they're like, no, I can say I was, I was traveling on the commercial real estate side. I was traveling three weeks out of four. So that was part of it. Um, I wanted to be home. Um, I actually quit my job the day before I got married. Would not recommend that, but it's the way it worked. Um, the company was growing and they, they actually were offering me a promotion and, I did a lot of soul searching with me and my wife and I was like, you know, I can tell you guys are building the company around me. So I really wanted to give it, you know, like I wanted to respect their business, mm-hmm. you know, and not take the promotion, go make a bunch of money and leave their business in shambles. So, and cause I, I had grown pretty fond me and me and the, the owner of that business are, are good friends still. Um, and, and I said, out of respect for you, I'm I'm gonna walk away now, so you guys can continue and give this other guy the promotion and right. let the business build um, around him because I know he's very interested in it. I was until I realized now the next forty years of my life is travel three weeks out of four, and again, I, I just not that. something I wanted to do. Um, you know, and and that was a tough decision because it was the first time. It was the first time in my life that I had made a decision not based on success, right? Sure. On on progressing in, in the working world or just what have you. It was the first time I, I had to make a decision for me and my family and my future, um, which was really, really tough. That's it was a good obstacle to be able to be presented with so young because um, I, I still had options. We don't have any kids. You know, my wife's not pregnant or anything. So, like. We have options. Yeah. We can be flexible, but um, how old are you now? I'm 26 right now. Okay, so still, hey, still you've a baby. Done a lot. Yeah, you've done a lot in a short time. Like I said, the cigar thing now is the first time I've had a job for over two years. Well, I've run the marketing thing on the side since 2019, but it's mostly been write-offs and little things for helping out the people that I knew. Um, now sure. it's growing, but yeah, it. Uh, I've I've run a lot of different races in in a short pre- period of time for sure. So what what was the shift to like oh, how would I ask it? <laughs> I think we kind of started in the same point with the cigar thing and I think a lot of us did that work really anywhere related to this industry where it was a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um like for me I would go to the cigar shop was uh, going to Bible college. And then a buddy of mine was like, hey, you want to go to the park and talk about Jesus and smoke pipes? I'm like, I'm a Baptist from Wisconsin. I don't don't know what that is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And he's like, I don't care. We're going to go. And he gave me this. He gave me a corn cob pipe. Um, No, he didn't. He gave me a hand-carved pipe from Romania. That's what it was. Wow. To smoke out of. Nice. And I'm from Romania. And he's like, I heard you're from Romania. You should smoke out of your great grandpa's pipe. <laughs> That's pretty um, cool. And I hated it. I'm like, I don't know how people just sit and do this. But he really? gave me this really harsh English t- or Virginian tobacco. I don't remember what it was. Oh, okay. It was horrible 
for starters. I say most starter pipe tobacco is like real. It's even more inviting than like a cigar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I hated it. And then he's like, "Oh, let's do this next week." And like, I can't do this every week. Uh, and then he brought like a bag of samples of different pipe tobacco, and sure. one of them was like a, I think it was BCA, like the aromatic, um, yeah, cherry vanilla. Um, and I'm like, okay, I can see why people are into this. And I worked at a coffee shop at the time, and I'm like, okay, these two could maybe blend together. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed, trying to figure out what what do I like, what do I like pairing it with. Um, came back to Wisconsin, saw my pastor at a pipe packing tool on his keychain, and I was like, hey, <laughs> I, I know I that. I do that. Uh, so I then participate. Just, yeah. So then he took me to a, a cigar lounge. And then I just slowly got deeper and deeper into it. Wow. And, uh, but it was never this like, now that I like cigars, I'm going to turn this into a job. It was, I'm going to take a picture of what I'm smoking. Right. And if someone asks, maybe I can answer a question. Um, if they have and, then, and, and yeah, and then it just sort of became a thing. And um, mm-hmm. But I still feel like there, <laughs> even still, there hasn't been that shift of like, I'm going to go work in the cigar industry. I still mm-hmm. feel like. I just like cigars and I like telling people about it and I like talking to people who do. And so for you, what was that like shift of, I think this could be a career move. So, um, I would say I've, I've always, you know, I mean, alluding back to my Tony Robbins and such background, um, and, and interest it's, I've always had an itch of, entrepreneur in me um you know flipping houses definitely sparked that as well um just just with you know that what that entails um and i was very involved in every facet of the business from you know i was helping put up the studs in the house to talking to the banks and and stuff so I, i was in every aspect of that so i i definitely have had an entrepreneurial itch these days it's I tried to be cautious of calling myself that because I was like, everybody these days is an entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. And I was like, you know, I, I don't want to say like, Oh yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. I just, I knew I was fascinated by it. So I kept, I, I, I pretty much, I, you could say I scratched every itch that I had, um, um, and, and still do. So what basically happened was, I was trying to, social media has always been an interest of mine. Um, I've dabbled in it since I was a senior in high school. I've done, tried to do a little fitness, tried to do a little motivational pages that never did anything for sure. Um, Then when I flipped houses, I asked the owner, I was like, do you mind if I try and make this like the HGTV of Instagram? And he was like, sure, "Sure, I don't care. So I took over that. And then I tried to do that for a while. That was the biggest thing that I had ever grown, but it grew to 700 followers. Um, but, but I had studied social media all, all along. And, and so I was flipping houses, I was doing this and my wife was in, this was January of 2021. Um, my wife was, you know, like, you need to get on TikTok. You need to get on TikTok. You need to like, just try it. Like people are going viral all the time. Like you, my wife, I'm like, you need to get off TikTok. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. No, I, it's funny because I'm still that way. Like I don't, I don't surf. I just post and I've been that way yeah. for two years. People are like, Oh, you're huge into TikTok." I'm like, no, no, I just post. 
that's, people that's are huge on. into me on TikTok for whatever reason, but I I don't. Yeah, for <laughs> I me, people comments. will be like, "Can you see this post on <clears throat> Facebook?" I'm like, "I don't scroll on Facebook." <laughs> like, yeah, and people, yeah, anyways. people laugh now. Like anybody, anybody that grows an audience on social media rarely is scrolling because you it becomes much. such a job because you're. Yeah. You're you're getting into it. I, if I scroll, it's to try and get some you know education out of it. Like, oh, yeah. who's coming out with new cigars? What's you know what are different companies doing now these days? Um, but but yeah, so I I had always had those itches. Social media was a thing, and and when I when I reviewed that first cigar, the first video hit ten thousand views, and I was like, holy crap! Like, I did it! I'm viral! You know, like which ten thousand yeah. views is nothing, but. It was still, it was my first video, so I, I freaked out. I bought a bunch of cigars, and I was like, I'm just going to post every day and see if I can take this somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. Again, just scratching the itch. And then um, it just grew, grew, grew. I did one video. I was, I, at that point, for the first couple of months, I was getting like a 1,000 followers a day, which was just crazy. Um, I answered every single comment for like the first three months. And it was, I don't know, Jeez. a couple tens of thousands of comments. Um, yeah. cause I, I knew the social media game, like what everybody said to do. I just never had gone big. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I was, I was uh, prepared, I guess in, in that sense, but I did a video on cigars versus cigarettes and that hit 1.2 million views. And I got 26,000 followers in three days. And I was like, holy crap. And that was and on TikTok. A, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. a doctor duetted that video calling me out and saying like, like, I think what I said was, you know, there's no additives. This is hundred percent tobacco. Yeah. It was like three things. And then I know, I know I said the biggest one was you don't inhale cigars and you inhale cigarettes. Like it was very basic, simple stuff. I wasn't going yeah. into any science or any health or anything. Um, just TikTok doctors like to make content too, I guess. Yep. Um, and he was like, you do inhale cigars, the secondhand smoke, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and just, he had 2 million followers. Um, and I think that contributed to my success <laughs> and growth because he duetted my video All and press it got, is good press. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, that's, and you know, it's funny because that all of that, his name was like Dr. Cap because he'd be like, oh, Cap, like you're wrong, like Cap. Mm-hmm. And uh, half of the comments on that post, you can go still go see it. It's like at 1.8 million now. Um, and half the comments are just a Cap, like the emoji. Yes. They just came from that guy. And I'm like, great. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for coming and viewing. Um, but after that, I started getting into it more because at that point I had had 50,000 followers and I was like, I'm pretty sure at 50,000, you can definitely monetize started like cold calling some brands, um, and got some interest. Um, one of my earliest brands was Aroa cigars. They've been a huge supporter for a very, very long time. Christian, Christian and I are, are, are definitely good friends. Um, and I realized more when I started posting a little bit more of the comment answers, like answering the comments. Cause I didn't know what content to make at the time. So I was just right. like, 
I'm going to answer this comment on a video. All of the comments were super, super simple. Um, super, very small um, level, beginner level stuff. And I was like, I think I have like a specific audience here. I didn't know at the time nobody else had that audience. I was just like, I think this could become a thing. And in the beginning, I I told my wife, I was like, yeah, if I can just like fuel my cigar habit out of this, that's fantastic. I can just, yeah. or my hobby or whatever you want to call it, passion now. Um, so uh, it started out with just free cigars. Um, it kept building, kept building. Um, a lot of brands started reaching out to me, which, well, I was like, wait a second, what? And then I was like, I wonder if I can do this as an influencer and become a real influencer. Mm -hmm. That's when I learned that cigars are the worst for that social media. All of that's yeah. terrible. Um, you know, the, the social media sites, you know, I, I had, I started having videos taken down all the time, um, account warnings, all this sort of stuff. And then, you know, cause I was saying like, go buy Aroa cigars. Like, yeah, definitely can't yeah. say that. <laughs> I know that now. Um, but yeah, then, then I just kept scratching the itch and it just kept going further and further. And, and, um, the, when I really knew I wanted to make it a business was when I was talking to probably a couple different brands. It was probably JC Newman at the time that really sparked it. And they were like, it was them and Perdomo that those two brands, um, I was, I was actually, we had started a little podcast that wasn't doing anything still hasn't really. Um, um, but when, when we started doing the podcast, I had Nicholas Perdomo jr. On the son of the mm -hmm. owner. Um, yep. and his rep was the, the Atlanta rep was very, he was like, you have something big. Like you own the next generation of cigar smokers. And I was like, Holy crap, you're right. So mm -hmm. I started doing a lot of research and I realized all these podcasts, all these cigar influencers, nobody targets beginners. Nobody. Right. I mean, zero, like still to this day. It's funny, actually. There's a. I think Tim Swanson does, but he does it in a different way. He does a little. I wouldn't say that's his yeah. main focus, though. No. Um, uh, maybe, maybe it used to. It's changed. I think at one point. It's funny because I actually talked to Tim um, a little bit at TPE, yeah. um, and we we might do some fun stuff together. Uh, but he, I think it's different because he owns a lounge, right? Well, he that's what I was going to say. He owns a lounge. He owns a brand. Yeah, he owns an online shop. Like it's it's a. So. I don't think I, your I audience think, has crossed much. No, which is which is good for you. Not yet. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would say it's getting there, um, but I would say the the. The biggest thing that I realized for me was I did everything on my back patio and terrible quality of video. And I think that's what people liked. I was the cigar guy yeah. that wasn't in a suit. Wasn't I was literally in my, you know, a t-shirt on the back porch that you could tell was that apartment complex. And I wasn't doing anything fancy. It was just, hey, like you can get into cigars and like this is how you do it. And like casual it's approachable that way exactly and that's, i think that's huge what's the guy's name uh chris ramsey i think his name is he's the one who will like if you're on tiktok enough you've seen this um 
but he'll have like weird puzzles or fidget things. Yeah. And he'll like slam it on the table and be like, like a real quick explanation of what the thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they look pretty low budget the way he does them. Mm-hmm. But he has like a full studio that looks like it's from outer space. Um, and he will intentionally not grab the red dragon camera and yeah. use an old iPhone. It's crazy. And he's like, I could hook this up to the sure mics or the Sennheiser boom mic and make this sound perfect. But I'm going to use my wired Apple headphone mic. Yeah. Because people just know this is a. It doesn't feel like a sale. It doesn't feel exactly. like. It doesn't feel uh, produced. Yeah. A whole shindig. People are very conscious of that these days. And, and you know, everybody's trying to be an influencer. Everybody's got a code for this or that. Everything, you know, like. Yeah. Um, and that's why we've. We've. We've probably. And and now, like with DC University, we're we're gonna try and monetize a little bit more. But we've probably put a lot of money um, aside and and on the back burner because we won't really take codes. We won't really no. do these sort of things. People want us to, you know, do you know, like wear their shirt and everything. Where you know, we now. Our biggest thing, because we're approachable, we've got the audience, we've got all of that. You know, it's it's exciting. Like the other day, last week, I got um, my silver play button from YouTube. Oh, that's um, so yeah. It, it doesn't feel real. It's pretty cool. But um, now, you know, we're we're so focused on how do we maintain that and grow and um, provide a service to this industry that that is needed. Um, you know, everybody I talked to like PCA was a huge move for us mm-hmm. because everybody we talked to when we were like, yeah, we do cigar big beginner education. They were like, wow, really? Right. Like that is crazy. And I'm like, yeah, like we realized we had something big. Um, so, so now we're building, like we've, we've got a little team behind us now. Um, and and we're we're making a little bit more money, but obviously we're not going to make any money. Like I've got, again, like that out of the eighty six million views we have this year, probably eighty three are from YouTube, and YouTube pays, but they don't pay cigar guys. Yeah. So have you found a way around that, or any, or is it just that? Uh some money on the back burner. Like I said, it's, it's, it's accepting what I've decided to go down. Um, have we thought about rebranding? Yes. Pretty much actually the last six months of 2022 was a lot of conversations around, around, do we rebrand? Do we get into luxury lifestyle? Um, do we get into, you know, bourbon? You know, we, we have done a good bit. We started partnering with like liquor brands that yep. it's more accepting, not great, but it's not more great, accepting. But... We've, you know, we have partnered with one clothing company that, that we've said like, Oh, cigar lounge apparel. And, you know, like sure. we've tried, but ultimately um, the more that I see the impact that we're making in the industry and especially like TPE capped it off two weeks ago where now 
everybody is saying, dude, how are you doing this? What are you doing? Like, this is crazy. I I, I can't say this for certain, and I'm not trying to toot my horn, but it's just, I found something that's different than what everybody else has done. I don't think anybody in the history of cigars has ever had 86 million views in a year, let alone three months. Yeah, Um, you're doing something unique. So, so now I feel a sense of responsibility for the cigar industry to, to push it. Like we've, we've even talked to PCA, like how can we help beginners learn about what they can do to help on a legislative side, you know, what, what more um, can we do in that sense? And I think the, you know, sorry, this is a very, very long winded way of saying monetizing and business um, and cigars, but now it's, it's, it is a passion. It is. If I can sit in a lounge when I'm 65 and overhear two 30 year olds talking over there and saying, how did you get into cigars? And they say, dreamer cigars. I can die happy. I, I will know that I I helped. I'm not going to say single-handedly because I definitely didn't. But I helped something that I love, something that I believe in, something that I love live on. Yep. That's pretty cool to say. Especially something you've put this much time. Yeah. Two, two years in. It's, it's my longest a... job I've ever had. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, it's been a aggressive two years, though. So you say two years, but some people could just like sit back in their chair and do nothing for two years and say, look, I've been here for two years, but you've mm-hmm. built your own thing. Absolutely. No, we, we've, we've very different toll on yourself than. Yeah. Luckily, you know, when I get stressed out at work with cigars, I can have a cigar and become less stressed. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, the beauty of being an entrepreneur in the cigar world <laughs> is you can de-stress while you're stressing about the thing you're de-stressing with have you found i'm very curious about this have you found it to feel like a job where then when you think of cigars you feel like it's work or are you still able to break apart from your work brain and enjoy a cigar and not think about how this might relate to work it has been both um periods of both Okay. Last the last six months of 2022 definitely work because yeah. we were we were rebranding. We were trying to find our lane. Trying to monetize has mm-hmm. been the biggest hurdle. Try, well, I mean, the truth is, I, I could, like I said, I mean, I could go ahead and start my own cigar line and probably sell a lot of cigars. Um, we did actually look into buying a lounge here in Atlanta. Um, we went down that road for actually quite some time. Uh, it didn't work out, but that was, you know, a a lot of different stuff. We, that was a whole different business. Try, try, well, trying to scale, right? Because Mm -hmm. before that, candidly, before I left my job, I was okay with not monetizing. Yep. And just building. I didn't care how it took it, how long it took to build. Once I was on my own, the money starts to become a little bit bigger factor. Yeah. Um, and and the more that we built that that we were growing, the more that I was like, we need to find out also besides money 
aside, we need to find out what we, who we are in the industry. Sure. We, we have a presence. People know about us. What can we provide for the industry? Is it, you know, just, just educating on different brands and can we monetize on social media? We found out that was a no. I mean, so I'll, I'll be very, uh, I've, I'm never, I never hide behind anything. So in January, we had somewhere around 60 million views or no, sorry, 50, 50 million views on YouTube. So I started talking to some of my buddies that I, that are influencers in other areas. One guy's a coin collector. One guy does gentleman stuff. And I was like, how much do you make on YouTube? And one guy that I, uh, the coin collector, he was like, so I made 14 grand in January doing coin collecting. And I, I had probably a little over a million views. And I was like, holy crap. I could, at this point, I didn't know what YouTube was going to pay me yet. Didn't know what it looked like because I, yeah. they invited me to the payment program because of my views, but it started in February and I was like, oh my gosh. So February we had um, somewhere around like 30 um is the payment views. program different than monetizing or is are you just with uh with YouTube? Yes. yes. So the shorts pay the shorts partner program is what it's called, and you have to be personally invited. Interesting. By YouTube. Um and and, and so at they at that point do they throw the rules out the window and be like, we don't care what the content is, you're bringing us views. I was hopeful. I was really hopeful of that, especially since they launched it in 2023. They opened it up for invitations in January. February 1st was the first payment um, day. So I was like, February 1st, I was like refreshing. I was like, yeah. I need to know. Because if I was still getting about a million views a day at that time, it's it's calmed down a little bit since. Um, we're still averaging probably 600,000 views um, every two days. But um. I was like, what, you know, if I see a thousand dollars pop up on my account, I'm going to freak out and be super excited because I don't yeah. have to sell myself short on any other thing because I can make my money on YouTube and, and keep giving free content. Right. Um, and just be paid by the, the platform. But right now from everything that I've calculated, I make $8 per million views. Okay. That deserved a moment of silence. <laughs> because yeah. So I made out out of 30 of million dollars. Out of 30 million views, I made like 200 bucks. That's through the YouTube program. Because of this. We'll get your right kids here. through college. <laughs> I mean it's <laughs> Oh, it's so dis cuz I literally I started like I had been mentored a little bit on the influencer side, on the social media side by these two guys. Mm -hmm. And so I called them when my YouTube went nuts and I was like, Oh my gosh, what, what do I do? You know, what's the, what's the right? Cause I'd never been big on YouTube before. We had 2000 yep. subscribers January 1st. We're at 116,000 today. I mean, that's nuts. that is the fastest growth I've ever seen. Um, and that's not to toot my own horn. It's just is what it is. Um, because, I, I wouldn't toot my own horn unless I had made like $50,000 off of it, but I haven't right. I made like 300. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, they asked me what I was doing. My mentors in the social media realm were like, how are you getting these views? 
right. we can't do that. The guy, the guy was like, you've had 50 million views. I've had 1.2. And I was like, yeah, you made $14,000 and I made 200. And in, <laughs> it is not as a, this isn't an insult. I feel like the people who are in this trying to get views don't get the views. Right. No, exactly. Well, <laughs> to a degree. We won't go into it, but the females do. Uh, yeah, that's a different that's a different topic. It's a different realm. But um no, that's that's the challenge and that's something that I've been willing to accept at this point. Yeah. That I I am still going to nothing has changed. The fact that I was about to make 50 grand and now I make 200, nothing's changed. The goal's mm-hmm. still the same, the content's still the same. I'm not going to change anything. I'm still here to provide a service and I think I, you know, I'm a subscriber to, if you provide a good enough service to people, the money will follow. So probably, that's probably <laughs> right. And, and eventually I, I believe, I believe eventually, yeah. you know, well, what, what will it, and, and it does require a little bit of ingenuity as well, which is why DC university is going to be big for us. You know, mm-hmm. we're hoping um, that, that people and why we, we, uh, you know, released the book with Rick Rodriguez on yep. Cigar 101. That's been good. We've sold like over uh, 300 copies now. Um, so, you know, that's, you have to be, you have to have a little ingenuity to make the money. It's not just going to happen. But yep. um, through that, I, I still think as long as we stay true to ourselves, we're not going to go anywhere and we'll be able to figure out our exact monetization lane eventually. Yeah, it's interesting how many different paths brands go down trying to figure out like what is it we want to do and then what is it that we need to do. I'm sure you guys have done the same thing with the magazine, you know. There's there's yeah. a lot there's a lot of obstacles actually. I think you guys probably took the hard route on purpose. We, we sure did. <laughs> Naming yourself what you <laughs> named yourself. Um yeah, uh and and it's kind of the same thing, right? I went the hard route on purpose cuz I love it. When we went to SHOT Show, that was an eye-opening, very eye-opening experience. Yeah. Um, you've got, I believe it was about 80,000 people at the Venetian, same same venue as PCA. Nice. TPE was not and, as good. Uh, it made PCA feel like the closet <laughs> compared to the size of this. I believe it. Um and it was one of two responses. It was, how could you have, or how could you be this stupid to have this name? Or, this is great, to the point where we had, uh, I don't know if they worked for the ATF or they're just law enforcement hired by them, just eyeing us down the aisles. And one of them was about to be like, you guys got to get out of here. And we showed him the magazine. And he's like, really? oh, I apologize. Um Wow. <laughs> Uh, but we were talking to someone and he's like, I would love to work with you, but I'm just not going to because of the name. Um, because the scrutiny, especially in the firearms industry, the week before is when they initiated the pistol brace ban. Which is um, crazy. And all of that. So you've got these million dollar displays of beautifully built ARs without stocks because they were SBRs with that brace. Um, so it was a sensitive topic. The timing was what it was. Um, 
but we're like, was this was it a mistake, or was this a, um, or do we take this and say we're young, and we can we can adapt and we can learn from this and figure out like the people who we're trying to reach are giving us input on what they want to see. Yeah, it would be stupid to ignore them. Um, so we're. We're kind of in that phase where we're like, is is a rebrand what we need to do? Is a foc- uh, kind of refocus on the content? Um, but one thing which we'll be launching here soon, um, which you'll be you'll see for sure, uh, we were like, we want to be a resource more than an entertainment avenue. I like that, um, and I think that's you guys too like similar yeah no yeah you're like end of the day you're kind of wasting everybody's time if you're not providing something yeah and then we're sitting there and we're like what can we do that's different than other people or what's service that's just not being provided yeah um and we're a publisher so we have other publications we have other magazines um outside of atf and uh, our boss, Patrick Adams, has experience in uh, security and law enforcement in that world. And we're like, there's this huge gap of uh, security, for lack of better words, in schools. And nobody Definitely. talks about it, which is wild to me that there's just this wide open, to be blunt, wide open target. And the news talks about it after something happens. And everyone's yeah. like, what do we do about it? And I, everyone, you know what's crazy? I met a guy on the flight home from PCA that is selling a, a like emergency response system. But, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like you don't hear about that. No. You just hear the bad stuff. You hear the bad stuff. <clears throat> There's a lot of people trying to figure out solutions for it. But then the schools don't know where to start. They don't know how to get the funding. Putting bulletproof glass in a high school campus costs insane amounts of money. Yeah. Um, that states should be willing to spend, to be honest. Well, so there's a, there's a process I mean, that schools paying, can go through to get that taxes, grant. Right. Um, and so, so we're like, we have the network of people in law enforcement and military and own training companies and build firearms and security systems and all these people. And we're like a resource that we could provide is putting all these people together. Consulting in that sense. And then, uh, yeah. And then going to schools and say, we have a resource for you. (laughs) I wouldn't call yourself ATF if you're going to school. No, 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 no. (laughs) Um, No, it'll be a different, it'll be a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But through this, we were like, we're missing, we're missing something. And what can we take the networking that we've done and, the resources that we have and how can we take those from ATF to turn them into something useful for people across the country. Yeah. Um, and so that's going to be our next thing that we're really pushing towards, but it's wild okay. that there's nobody doing it. My mom's a principal. So let me know when you unroll it, uh, unveil it. She's at a private school, but she has a lot this of, this is not restricted to, pu- to public. <clears throat> or it's not, well, they, it's not, uh, they just, just don't have public. state. They can't probably go get state funding, but yeah, they can. Really? Yeah, and so that's oh. uh, well, there so you Pat- go. Patrick privately has worked with a couple schools on this, um, and so that are private. So that was proof of concept in Southern California, nice. which is the hardest place to do it. Um, wow! 
So Kentucky would be a lot easier, I can tell you that. Because I know plenty of people in Kentucky that are like, why, you know, that are, that were teachers at my school, especially because of what we went through in the, do do you know what I'm talking about when I refer to the, it sounds familiar. I need to dig into it, but it sounds familiar. I feel like I remember watching this headline. It was a March for life, um, you know, in DC. Yep. Yeah. Um, Like, especially after that, like they were like, I have a concealed carry permit you need to let me like, I don't feel safe teaching here. So yeah. in order to let me feel safe teaching here, you need to let me carry. Yeah. And like, there's, you know, there's, there's, I've, I've known a lot of teachers in Kentucky that are like, let me carry. Like, yeah, please. Because otherwise I don't know how safe I feel at a school anymore, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, that it, that's, gets that's blurry, fact, so. it gets real blurry. It gets real blurry really fast on like, what are the laws? in your state what are the laws nationally and then constitutionally what yeah which of the three do you follow well it does um, it's hilarious because like driving it does through in chicago the world too it's like driving like, through chicago with with my concealed carry is a felony and really and, and so it's like I, my family's all in chicago i'm there very often and it's like if i get pulled over do i say by the way officer like I'm committing a felony right now. Right, because you're supposed to when you get pulled over if you have a gun. If you have a concealed carry. So, so that's where it's the, get, like when you get pulled over, you say, just so you know, you know, there's there's I have yeah. my concealed carry, here's my permit, right? Yeah, that's, and you do it for right, the right? officer. Yeah. Yeah. It's and you you part you participate, which is the best thing to do when you once get you participate over. and you're saying I respect you enough to make you aware right. of this because I don't want you to find something and then us both be in a, in a situation exactly. we shouldn't be in. Um, well, that's so, interesting. Yeah. So all that to say, it's like teachers. Uh, I think there's a lot of them across the country that want to be prepared individually, but a teacher carrying a firearm, it's never going to happen. It, well, too many li- too much liability. There's a lot of liability. Student gets a hold of it. Um, you've got trained officers and soldiers and every other category that grab the wrong weapon to grab a taser instead of a gun, the gun instead of a taser because they're under stress because they've never done this before. Yeah. Um, and then to put, to put that pressure on teachers is a very big ask. But if the teacher's saying, I want to be a help in this way, let me do this. That's a whole different conversation. Oh, right. But the liability is still there. Um, the liability so is still we, there. But it at least it at least opens the door for, oh my gosh, a lot of my teachers have been talking about this. If there's a better solution, that would be yes. great. Make a conversation. Right. And we've we've been doing fire drills since the beginning of time, and there has not been a fire related death in a school since 1953. Are you serious? Yeah. Um, and we've is been that doing true? Fire, yeah. Is that a real doing, fact? You know I, that for sure. That's how, yeah, that's what I understand. I'm open to be, being proven wrong, but I believe that's the stat. It was oh the Chicago my. school that burned down and a bunch of kids died there. <laughs> oh um, We've been doing, oh my, we did. The point, uh, the point yeah, is, is, it's a very ingrained thing. Like we know what to do when there's a fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and why is that not the case in other I will say at the school, again, I only have one experience and it's at a school that had Homeland Security take over a classroom and have surveillance everywhere. But um, we did have a um, 
active shooter drill. Yeah, it's once becoming a, a thing. Yeah. Um, and then we had this local church that partnered with us that if we have an active shooter, everybody that is, you know, involved, if they're not, you know, barricaded somewhere or whatever, they should run there. It's in running distance, but it's through the woods. You know, it's like, and we went, we marched through the woods together. We said, here's the, you know, here's what you do. You, you sign in here, you know, all this sort of stuff. The parents yeah. know to go to the church, not the school, this whole thing. So like, it's growing, but not at the pace it should. I no. agree hundred percent. No. Um, and if you could start with materials, like here's doors, bulletproof doors, here's glass, here's surveillance systems, here's money started, to pay someone to watch the system here. Like it's little things that you could fortify a school yeah. pretty well. And, um, and it's just not, it's not happening. Which is, it's, uh, the truth is it's sad to have the conversation about having bulletproof doors and, and windows in a yeah. school. Yep. That's yeah. the unfortunate part. And, and there's, there's a lot to that, but it's, it's unfortunate. We rabbit trailed from cigars, but yes, but I think the, the point of that is learn what you're doing, right. Learn what you're doing wrong. And then really think through how it can actually be a resource. Yeah. Um, well, and, and here's a, a little, uh, one thing I'll add to, what we were talking about when you talk about different states and laws and stuff and cigars are definitely in that realm as well. Right. Yeah. Right now, California's trying to pass a complete tobacco prohibition law. Yeah, I saw that um, PCA just launched something today about that, didn't they? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's been out for a month. Um, but they, they may have posted, posted something about it today. Um, but yeah, that's huge. Um, but even like in my little world, right. We, we looked at creating an online store to sell some of cigars that, that our partners have, right? That, that we believe in so the beginners can smoke the cigars and we can support the brands that we believe should live on, right? Good luck with Bigger that. <laughs> yeah, so we're in Georgia, right? Which right next to Florida, you'd think maybe it's okay, right? For those who don't know, Florida has a 0% cigar tax. Georgia has a 23% cigar tax. Yep. But I talked to the Department of Revenue uh, about a month ago of Georgia, and I said, I'm looking to create an online site. We're not going to hold any inventory or anything. It's going to be a complete dropship model type thing. And they said, you know, when you talk about state and federal different laws, they yeah. were like, it's actually federally prohibited to sell cigars online and to, shop, to ship them directly to retailers or to consumers. Yeah. And I was like... Is that in Georgia or that's in that's they, they said Georgia is Georgia won't allow it because it's a federal law. And I was like, mm. JR Cigars, Cigars International, Cigars Daily. Like, I mean, it's, the no, it's is, probably a state law that says you can't ship yeah. from Georgia to other states. I was like, uh, because that's you're totally the point of sale. True. Right. And yeah. because I was, and I was like, there, there's people that have cigar websites that sell cigars all the time. And they're like, she was like, Oh, we're catching them all the time. And I was like, Yeah, Nick well, Liberty has existed since by. the 90s. So um, <laughs> if you just Google buy a cigar online, you're going to find JR cigars. So you guys aren't finding them. Um, and there's not a federal law, actually. And why are you the one in charge of tobacco and alcohol for the state? Because you seem to be very pissed off yeah. about this whole cigar thing. So this is bringing 23% 
tax rate. And there's, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, the city of Atlanta, not the state of Georgia, but the city of Atlanta has is the most populated city in the United States when it comes to cigar lounges. Really? Yeah. Okay. We have 74. Holy crap. Which is impossible. I mean, a lot of people live in Georgia, sure. But are there 74 good ones? No. <laughs> I have a lot of different buddies in the, that own lounges and stuff, but no. Yeah. All of the buddies that I have, I support their lounges. They should exist. A lot of them are shops and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's just, uh, again, just a little caveat of it. An example of. Yeah. Why? It's like Davidoff. They, uh, from my understanding, they, well, I don't think this, this has nothing to do with Davidoff. A Davidoff rep was telling me about in Utah, Utah can't ship cigars to other states and they can't ship cigars or you can't ship cigars into Utah. Unless it's to a lounge. But a lounge right. or store in Utah can sell online to Utah. <laughs> so I'm wondering if that's similar to, U- to Georgia where you Probably. could sell to Georgia. Maybe. But you couldn't sell outside of Georgia. Yeah, maybe. Um, but there's, there's so many stupid laws. That... I, know, I, know, I know they're not listening. We're, we're going to incorporate in another state and ship. <laughs> yeah. That's so a good idea. It doesn't matter. But but the yeah, I mean like a good example is Texas. It got it got uh, denied, but there was a bill to ban indoor smoking. That was going to literally shut down every lounge in Texas. What's Ted Cruz going to do? What's everybody going to do? <laughs> you know I love how many that lounges when the, there are in Texas? I love that when the mask thing kicked off, there was a brief attack on cigars again. And to prove that you could smoke a cigar with a mask, Ted Cruz got on the news with a cigar and a mask <laughs> and smoked it through the through the mask. <laughs> it's good. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting. And you'd think that the federal government, which this is definitely a PCA conversation, would be um very pro pushing cigars aggressively for two reasons. It brings the money. And if they think it's a health risk, that also brings them money. That is something nobody talks about. <laughs> it's like you guys win either way. <laughs> like, well, that and you know, you look at you know, TPE was an eye opener. You know, you look at the vape market. I mean, shoot, you think there's a lot of different cigar companies? There's a lot of people that have their own version of a vape, which blows my mind. Oh yeah, but. You know, it's it's so interesting because Jewel is the greatest example, right? Jewel died. Are they a company at all anymore? No. Oh, that's so crazy. I bought one in my life and I found it in my car the other day. Yeah, they like, oh, you should this keep is, it and this is a relic. sell it as a relic. Yeah. And I have the mint pods that go with it. Yeah, no, you should keep that for sure and sell it in like three years. But it's it's such a crazy thing that like they're they're allowing that to just right just grow yeah. like crazy and an organic tobacco leaf they're not willing to let anything happen with it right I mean of yeah, course they don't allow kids hands and this is not 
I've what? never met a kid that's interested in cigars. They make fun of me for smoking cigars because I don't have white hair. So it's right. <laughs> so it's yeah. like a... when you think of a cigar smoker, you don't think of a. I've never once seen a kid try and sneak an underage in a lounge underage and smoke a cigar. If it happens, it's like family. Yeah. Of the people that run the lounge. That's what I see, if, if anything. If that. And yeah, I mean, if it's happening, it's. Yeah, it's it's a dad that gives his son a puff of a cigar, but just like beer, right? Shit yep. happens all the time in beer. Like, it's so crazy to me. And then the, you know, the the FDA regulation that came out, you know, right before PCA this year, that, you know, the FDA made up all of this scientific data that that was false around the health risks of cigars, and it's like. People like just wait, just look at it, just wake mm -hmm. up. Like for me, people ask me all the time, and I'm very candid about it because I don't smoke cigarettes and I don't vape. Sure. If they came out tomorrow and said, and I and I could tell that it wasn't, you know, whatever, and it was just unanimous, and everybody just realized that, like cigarettes, you know, that cigars are going to kill you. Mm -hmm. Like if you smoke one cigar a month, you're guaranteed to die in the next two years. No, it would never happen. But just say it did. Yep. I'd stop. Sure. Yeah. What? We don't want to, I'm not sitting here being like, just stubborn about it. Like, no, nah, I smoke my cigars. Like, no, like there's a reason why I do this and I don't even try anything else. Mm -hmm. Like I believe Cancer.org says there's no scientific link to one cigar or less a day point to oh cancer. 0.02% from the FDA. 0.02. Really? That, I believe that was two a day. 0.02% of people that smoke two you're cigars in, or more a day? Your increase of cancer goes up 0.02% if you smoke oh, two a day. From two a day, your increase goes up 0.02% of getting cancer. Yes, correct. Meanwhile, we uh, we sleep with our cell phones under our pillows and drink out of plastic water bottles and live in a yeah. cancerous society. <laughs> right. Looking at this As, screen. Uh, I think it was man, Glenn Beck that says we sleep with the portal. Or no, it was Michael Knowles <laughs> from Daily Wire. He said we sleep with the portal to hell right next to our head every night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like... it's. It just seems oddly illogical, which is, I still don't know the answer. It just seems oddly illogical that why people hate cigars. And I'm like, is it because of the act of smoking? You know, because cigarettes became such a big thing. Is it, is it that act? Um, I think and it's cultural it's not... too. Uh, like, I mean, now look at what's becoming popularized. Take like the Northwest or like you can do any drug. Yeah. Um, and for so for that demographic, you have like going down to kids that are like willing to try most things. Yeah. Because it's been legal, familiarized. Um, I interviewed Matthew Thomas, who's the deputy uh, chief deputy sheriff in um, Pinal County in Arizona. That ha That's the county in Arizona that has the most cartel traffic, period. Wow. which I believe it's the most cartel traffic nationwide there. And it funnels through their county into Phoenix and Tucson and then can get up into Canada in a day. Um, 
he's saying the cartel's uh, advantage is that the U.S. legalized marijuana in a lot of places, especially when it comes to growing. Interesting. So, so then they were like, okay, now the crop that's reliant on growing seasons, kind of like we were talking about with tobacco, is you're relying on Mother Nature, is no longer our cash cow. So we can just pop up labs everywhere that are not contingent on the weather um, and make stuff quickly and sell it quickly, traffic it quickly. Um, And so it's like the legalization of marijuana made it familiar. And then not saying that if you smoke weed, you're going to start smoking crack in a week, but it's like the comfortability with trying something new has changed. And I think society, yeah, people who are like against cigar smoking innocently not saying like they're trying to shut you down but people who yeah are he- in a healthy way concerned about it i think kind of put it in that camp of like yeah but it I could lead see. to something else i respect now that opinion yeah. i respect that view you know that that's the truth i i really if somebody and the truth is like somebody will comment on my stuff and be like you know i'm really not a fan of cigars but you know your, your videos are cool or something and i'm like look don't smoke cigars. I'll yeah. comment that. If you go in, you really researched and I somebody audited my comments, you would see I all the time if people say I don't smoke cigars, I'm like, good. Fine. No. I'm not sitting here trying to get people to smoke. I'm just trying to let an industry live that I love. Right? That's if that's you ever get up to the Midwest, we'll do a tour of uh we'll go from Chicago to Minneapolis. It'd be fun. So stop at, stop at every major lounge. My family lives in Cincinnati. Okay. That's where I'm from. Okay. That's where I was born. So that's Midwest for me. Next, um next time you have a reason to come up to this area. I want to take there's some good lounges I want to take you to. But one of them tasting room. So you you're in you're where again? I'm in Wisconsin. How far is Minneapolis? Three and a half hour drive. Minneapolis is a possibility. Okay. I've, I've, so I, uh, you, you're not a big football guy, right? I, my life wouldn't change at all if all sports disappeared. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> that's fine. I'm not offended by that at all. It's, but I'm not opposed to, I, um, I like going to games. I just, the Vikings, right? One of their best tight ends of all time, Kyle Rudolph. Um, we are very good friends. Okay. Uh, we grew up in Cincinnati together. He took me trick or treating when I was in second grade and almost okay. beat this guy up that tried to scare the shit out of me that was in a uh, gorilla costume. So that's okay. my claim to fame. But um, I am looking at visiting him here soon. And Bovita's, a lot of mm-hmm. the people from Bovita are based out of Minneapolis as well. Um, and we're looking yeah, we'll to go hang out with uh, Nate and Rob. Yeah, some stuff with them. So the the odds of me making it there are way higher than anywhere else around you. Okay. Well, when we do, let me know. Um, yes. But there's a shop in Madison, uh, which is a little closer to Minneapolis. Um, and I interviewed the owners Look, there. If you want to fly me up, I'm I'm, I'm I'll be there. I, wish, I would love to. <laughs> um, the owners there said that we wanted to make a lounge uh, that 
I'm going to phrase this wrong, but we want to make a lounge for people who don't smoke cigars was the gist. You want to make a space that they can hang out where they're not offended by cigar smoke. You don't feel like you're walking into an ashtray, like some of these old kind of dingy mm. lounges. Um, we want it to be an open space, light, good bar selection, cocktail bar, um, modern, and they nailed it. Really? And I like that their approach was like, not everyone's going to want to smoke cigars and not everyone that you want to hang out with while you're smoking cigars, smoke cigars. Do you know the the owner or anybody in there? Yeah. I would love to get in contact with them because oh, right no. now our biggest move is putting the book into lounges. Yeah. So cigar one Oh one, you know, like people who are new that have the courage to walk into a lounge and say, I'm new. They can yeah, say, I'll connect you with the owner and the manager. That would be awesome. Um, I appreciate that. They're, they're, great people um and any other lounges that you know that are because i've i've done my fair share of sales calls and stuff to lounges and some of them are like we never have new cigar smokers because it's it's a gentleman's club or whatever it may be right yeah. um but the ones that do we want to make sure those guys that have the courage to walk into a lounge and say i'm new get rewarded that's i think, that's there, the I think there's a lot I, and i think uh, I did. lounges don't necessarily identify that there are but if it's a shop that's anywhere in any way accessible like a lounge that i do some work work for i made their website been going there for 10 years um yeah they're like family now uh I was talking to them the other day and i was like do acid cigars sell like i've never seen someone smoke one here and then he was like well to burst your bubble that guy's smoking one that guy's smoking one i sold 10 of them earlier yeah only new people. Yep. Or someone who just loves acids. Yeah. Which I guess they exist. Um, yeah. But his no, point was people I got a buddy come in. Actually, that's like, I love cigars and acid's my favorite. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. The fine. Davidoff booth guy at the Venetian. I asked him, I was like, all right, you're selling overpriced cigars. I'm buying a Davidoff late hour for $65 right now. So what do you smoke? <laughs> He's like, Oh, if I'm really in the mood for a good cigar, I'll have an acid. I'm like, so you don't smoke cigars? No, <laughs> no way. Yeah. Uh, that's that's crazy, but it's also, it's okay, right? Like in the beginning. Absolutely. We all started I don't like acids. I don't like acids. I'm not a fan of the the, the flavored ones I've had. You need to smoke I, one I, again. It's been 10 years. <laughs> well, see, see. I, I try because it's, you know, of the the uh, niche within a niche that I'm in and new cigar smokers, I, I'll have as many as I can. Yeah. Like I will, if I find a new one, I will smoke it yep. because I want to know. Always like, try something new. Where where does this align, right? So GTO cigars, you've probably never heard of them. I've heard. No, I have heard of that. Okay. GTO, Oscar Rodriguez is probably one of my good closest buddies um he he's fourth generation owner of that okay. brand which is crazy but he they have a cigar called the hypnotic that is it's the the wrapper is not infused it's only the cap okay so like when that. you when you start out it's nice like an acid yep but by the end of the cigar like maybe even this far it's all gone but it's a very approachable Connecticut light cigar that by the end of it, you are enjoying everything and you're slowly getting into it. 
So it fades you into the non-flavored? It fades you in. And what's that called? The hypnotic? Hypnotic. Ah, that's clever. Hypnotic, yep. Well, he so he's a doctor. I need to find one. I don't know where where can you find those? Uh shoot, I don't know. Uh we're actually if we do ever launch our site, we're we're gonna be able to sell them. If you find a place Um, to buy them, let me know and well I can sum up. That's interesting. Just just let me know. Shoot me an email or a text or something after this. So yeah, I'll hook you up with Oscar. And if you guys do a little something, he'll he may even just send it to you. He's a good dude. I'll buy him. One of the earliest partnerships I had. Yeah, though them are like Deadwood. Deadwood's uh, not bad. Like the the Sweet Jane. That was that was my gateway. Really, aromatic pipe tobacco. Mine uh, was, or well, I didn't have. I actually didn't have. I didn't know there were flavored cigars when I started out with cigars, because my dad smoked cigars, so I just smoked what he had. He didn't. Yeah, no one in my family. But the uh, the leather rose. So yeah. my wife got in on the acid. She smoked only acid for a long time because she would try mine and be like, ah, yeah. no. The leather rose. Is so I would start somebody out with an acid because it's the easiest. It's but it's, it tastes like grandma's perfume. Sorry, Jonathan. The the leather rose or acid? No, the acid. Oh well, that's fair. But it also tastes like smoking Smarties. <laughs> I don't think my grandma took a bath in Smarties, so that's not it <laughs> to, to an extent. But for for newbies that's what i that's what i always say like you know you smoke smarties in high school smoking acid maybe you know you get into it the leather rose is the next step then the hypnotic and then you know there's a ton of beginner cigars that you can be- begin with like the perdomo champagne is probably a classic for beginners and yep. there's a lot that i could mention um but that is the leather rose is her favorite now because it it is the entire wrapper is you know coated, but or or infused, I should say, not coated with yeah. anything crazy. But um, it's different, and it is heavier than like your typical acid. I I well, can you get, you get the premium this. tobacco experience. I think with Deadwoods. Yeah, I agree. Um, not with acids, but with Deadwoods, you will. Deadwood, you will. Um, Somebody, uh, Aroa is about to come out with a Deadwood line. Oh, very cool. So stay tuned um, for that. So the, speaking of beginner cigars, where would you start someone? Because I always have this dichotomy of like, I could start you with something really light. But if you know someone and you're like, oh, I know you like coffee, like black coffee. You're probably going to be underwhelmed by... A Perdomo mm-hmm. Champagne. Yep. So this is shocking, but usually I'll be like, try a Liga. Because it's not spicy. Oh, yeah. It's it's full flavor, and it's not going to leave you... Like some whiskey that's underaged, or scotch, or coffee, or whatever. It, like, you have it, and you're like, I'm kind. Of, it's kind of missing something. And I think yeah. if it's constructed well, and smoke output is decent, uh, and it doesn't leave you kind of looking for something else to round out the flavor usually you're like okay that's pretty good so it's funny because on on my podcast i ask every single guest what would be your number one advice for a beginner so 
I've, I've compiled a lot of different opinions on this and yep. it's, it, it has changed mine because there's a lot of different perspectives. But if I, if, if I had to give one piece of advice, which is, you know, compiling two years worth of content into one sentence, yep. <laughs> um, to a new cigar smoker, I would say one, start out with a short cigar. Sure. Start out with, you know, nothing probably bigger than this. Like start out with something little. If you smoke your first cigar and it was too small, you're in. Right? I feel like that's what she said is somewhere related to this, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. It would be the exact opposite. But um, that is that is a very, very good piece of advice for, for what I'm looking at. And, and we've looked at doing co-banded cigars. And if we do that, I think we are going to do petite Coronas. That is the best size, period. And and people are going to be. We'll die on this that is hill. probably a petite Corona at this point. Um, maybe maybe yeah, maybe a little bigger different, than but, a Corona, but yeah, yeah. So so like you you know smoke a petite Corona. It's it's has everything involved in a normal cigar. I wouldn't say um, make it a smaller ring gauge. I would say make it you know not that they're going to pay attention to that ring gauge, but um, this is getting a little bit too detailed, but you know, make it, make it a little thicker. So you get the complexity, you know, you don't want it. You don't want the last third of a Lancero because you're not getting the full, um, taste of the fillers and everything. But sure. so start with a short cigar. And the next question or the next thing I would say is what do you like to drink? Yep. Just as you were alluding yep. to, if they are a scotch drinker, then it's fine to go ahead and give them a full body cigar. If they drink their coffee with plenty of sugar and cream and they like, uh, you know, vodka cranberries, then I would start them with an acid. Um, you know, there's that. I think the, the, what do you drink portion is huge. Um, yeah. Even, even what, what do you like to eat? Um, can go a little further. If you love some spicy, heavy Mexican or or Indian food, your palate is refined. Your palate is... Yeah, or is, it's at least taken a beating. Or it's taken a beating, <laughs> so it can afford a beating, right? Right. So, so or you will, and if your palate's taken... Ooh, sorry about that. Random call. Um, if your palate's taking, uh, has taken a beating... Um, then you can go ahead and say, all right, a Connecticut, you're not going to be able to taste anything. Or or not all Connecticut's, you know, now. They're it's, getting complex. It's, it's so complex. You know, the the smoke Connecticut's, if you're a beginner, is becoming less and less a that thing. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Yeah, it's there's too many Connecticut's that. I, I love have double the arrows in the filler and they'll knock you on your butt. Even outside of that, like the Rose of Sharon Desert Rose. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, dang. It looks it looks like the lightest cigar you ever smoked. Well, it, it, it smokes like. I think that's the the difference between full bodied and full strength, and that is a full bodied cigar, and it's not full strength. But the smoke output is crazy on the thing, and yep. it doesn't leave your palate missing something, even yeah. though it's not a pepper bomb. It's not super spicy. It's just sort of like 
like this whiskey. Like I've had the uh let's see. Sorry, like I, this. I, I did ash on myself, so I'm an asshole today. That's okay. Like this thing, it's uh got a new camera. I'm trying to get the uh figure out how this autofocus works well. There you go. Anyways, um just the normal Nictor's bourbon. Don't don't think it's that great. The normal Michter's rye, the non-barrel proof one, it's like it's kind of missing something. This, it's like it's the same product. Yeah. And then it, it but it doesn't leave your taste buds like there's more that should be there. Yeah. Um, and I think cigars that are lighter are capable of doing that. Or the like High Clear Castle Edwardian. Yep. Mm-hmm. That right when he kicked the magazine off, I, I talked to Nick. He wrote an article in the first issue. Um, and he's like, what's your favorite cigar? And I was like, I'm not saying this cause I'm talking to you, but at the time it was that he sent me a box. Um, and that cigar for the past, like since he launched it, I think yeah, it's been one of my favorites and I just keep, I mean, there's a box sitting right behind my computer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Uh, but it's a Nicaraguan filler, Nicaraguan binder, Connecticut wrapper, shade grown. Yeah. So it just it rounds it rounds mm-hmm. it out perfectly. Yeah. And and so to to make it a, a short, easy answer, I would if if I was gonna give one piece of advice, it'd be a short cigar. Ask a cigar guy that you trust. You can DM me on Instagram, I will answer a hundred percent, I promise you. Um, or even pop it in the comments. It may take me a little longer to get to your comment, but I still, to this day, answer every single comment. It's dedication. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's a service that I provide. Um, but yes, for a new cigar smoker, smoke something short, because if you want more, you're winning. Have, a- have another. Also have another, yeah. Yeah, have another, you're winning. Um, you You did it. You're in it. You're you're in. Yeah. Right. If you you know, because a lot of people smoke the first three, five, ten, twenty puffs, and they're out. Right. So if you can if you can smoke a short cigar, um, and depending on what you drink, it doesn't. You don't even have to ask people if you smoke if you drink scotch. Go ahead and tell the tobacconist or whoever you're talking to. I drink scotch. I think I can handle something a little. A little heavier. Don't give me something that's too crazy. But um, I would also say the last part that I would add is, um, or actually, I'm going to add two more things. Um, another part that I would add would be to ask somebody you trust for something complex. Yeah. Yep. Um, don't ask somebody like, for for uh, yeah. Like don't ask somebody for. Um, oh, what's just like a really easy bland cigar that's not going to entice you. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of cigars that have so many different flavors in them that aren't infused. They just have so much different complexity in each different smoke. Um, that, that I personally, like if I was the cigar aficionado Raiders, my top 25 all are so different. Yeah. That's that because that's what I love about them. I love a cigar that when I smoke it, I'm like, wow, I have Mm -hmm. never tasted anything like that before. 
the the last um, the last caveat I would say is to take your time. Don't don't go. Yep. Take Not a puff. Inspector gadget over here. And go ahead and just sit. If it, if you didn't get anything good, sit. Sound like Jocko. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Try again. Good. Good. <laughs> Try again. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. Um, but but that's you know that's the truth too. Is a lot of new cigar smokers they they're so intrigued if they really want to get into it they're like. I'm going to burn the crap out of this cigar and ruin it. But, you know, they're, they're puffing, puffing, puffing. And then they get terrible cigar mouth the next day because yep. they overheated yep. their cigar. And then because of that cigar mouth, I've done this. This is from experience. I had a buddy that wanted to get into cigars, gave him all the above, short, all this, whatever. And he was like, took a first puff. He's like, this is pretty good. And he kept puffing a lot. Yeah. And he overheated that cigar. And the only reason he doesn't smoke cigars all the time now is because he's like, man, that aftertaste is terrible. And taste it the next day. If you smoke a cigar properly and really slow, right? If you take a minute and a half between each puff instead of the recommended like 45 seconds, it'll stay lit. It's not going to be, but it's not going to be hot at all. And you'll barely yep. be able to taste it the next day. That's what gets me with pipes. I remember, like, this was my favorite pipe still. I don't know what it is. It's one of those, like, pharmacy pipes, but it's from the yeah. vintage box. No, let me rephrase that. It was in a five gallon bucket at a place in Louisville called Kramer's. Next time you're in Louisville, go there. This is old guy. I don't know how long he's owned it. I think since the beginning of time, um, but he sells these for like $10. Anyways, that's cheap for a pipe. Yeah. And it's a good pipe. Anyways, bought this and I'm like, okay, it's, it's short. So you feel the heat coming out of it. Right. If you smoke it too fast and pipe smoking is definitely an art to get it right. Such so then, an art. Uh, so then Gandalf and I'm like, okay, that fixed it. That may be half of a Gandalf. <laughs> To be That's fair. true. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I understand. Uh, yeah, and, and I think kind of the same goes for cigars where it's like you got to tweak how you smoke, what you smoke, yeah, how you light it, and you'll you'll figure out a way to enjoy it. Yeah. That's not going to burn out your palate. Um, and I think if so, especially if someone smokes or not, let me rephrase that. If someone's, if someone drinks whiskey dark coffee or like uh, uh, like Cabernet. You're like you're probably going to like a cigar if you can get over the hurdle of you're smoking something. Yeah. And if you can check those two boxes off, you're probably going to get into this. Definitely. Agreed. So, yeah. Very cool. Uh, my last question. What is your ideal smoking scenario? Oh, like lay out if you could not be connected to work at all what does that look like while you're smoking a cigar that's a good question because we we used to ask a very similar question when we did uh in-person podcasts that was 
Um, you know, where if you could smoke a cigar anywhere on the planet, where would you smoke it or whatever? But I also lied. I have one more question, but answer this one. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I would say for me, my ideal cigar smoking scenario would be outside by a fire with it actually doesn't even matter if it's my buddies or not just a late night conversation around life like that's that's actually how i got into cigar smoking yeah yeah when i was in college and playing football and stuff and everybody's drinking like crazy i owned the the party house for our football team and we had a little fire pit out back and I sat there the entire day. People would, it was like a freaking therapy session. People would come back and forth and just sit next to me because they just wanted to be warm by the fire or something. But I would sit there all day and I would just, that was, that was my, that's my ideal situation is just chilling by a fire at night, looking over the stars, preferably if I could, if I could, if I could just manipulate the situation to be like either on a mountain or like looking over the beach um, in the water and, and just relaxing, having great conversations about meaningful things. Yeah. My wife's a therapist for, she has got a private practice and then works for the national guard. Um, oh. And I was like, do you ever suggest to your clients cigars? <laughs> Cause I think that would work. It might help. Yeah. <laughs> She's only smoked one cigar in her life, and it was in Miami after too much wine, and it was a Padron 1926, and she liked it. And I'm like, I would hope so. That's a good cigar. Yeah. Uh, Last one. Uh, If you could smoke a cigar with anybody. That's alive? No. Can't say Winston Churchill. Well. Or Charles Spurgeon. I don't no. know if he's on your list, but you can't pick those two. So I'm going to go alive just because dead's easy and it's Jesus. Um, because I think if Jesus was alive, he would smoke cigars. Yeah. Um, and that would be the epitome of what I just said. Yeah. If I was by a fire with Jesus smoking cigars, that would be. One day. That would be it. <laughs> yeah, one day. Um Alive, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm tempted to say Tony Robbins, but I know he wouldn't smoke a cigar probably. Um, if I could smoke a cigar with anybody that's alive, um, you know, it's funny because we used to ask this question too, and now it is always like, I'm so glad I don't have to answer this. <laughs> No, I do. You don't have to. You get to. Yeah, there you go. I get to. Um, Because so many people would say their dad, but I've had so many cigars with my dad, and I do all the time. My Um, dad just fully understood what a cigar was like last week. So, well, there you go. He got me into cigars, so now he's like, he gets my free cigars. So he's like, yeah, nice. There you go. He's got to go. He raised you right. Exactly. Um, But gosh, that's a good question. Um, shoot. If I could smoke a cigar with anybody that's alive, 
It would probably be Richard Branson. Okay, yeah. Um, my I, old coworker does. He, I don't know if he, how that works, but he goes to his island all the time with him now. And are you serious? Yeah, he's in he's a Northwestern Mutual uh, life insurance financial crazy financial guy. So I, he's one of those guys who goes with Richard Branson to an island and has like an EDM fest. That's wild. Yeah. I just I just recently read uh, his his second autobiography, Finding My Virginity, um, and he is, in my opinion, from what I know, the most interesting entrepreneur on the planet. Yeah, um, and also just an interesting soul. That if we had cigars, he may have something else after the cigars, but it would still be fair. It would like be probably the most. Says, my mom said I'm either going to be a billionaire or go to prison, so I did both. <laughs> he he's got to be, and and he's also kind of what I'm trying to build my not my life around because I mean I'm not trying to be to his level. I honestly don't even think I would enjoy that. I'm a little bit too much of a family man to to be as crazed and be demanded in so many different areas as where he is. But um, in the terms of being able to, to scratch every itch. So he's had over 160 different Virgin companies. Mm -hmm. And so I've actually always modeled what I do around him a little bit. Mine's in the, instead of Virgin, it's dreamer. Yep. Um, so I own Dreamer Marketing, Dreamer Capital Group, Dreamer National, and Dreamer Cigars. Dreamer National is the parent company. Um, Dreamer Capital Group is my uh, real estate company. But so, like that's that's kind of what I envision is you know the Dreamer realm becoming uh, similar to Virgin, not to the scale. Um, maybe God will burden me with that is <laughs> i'm sure he would maybe agree yeah. um but yeah that's that's who i would say very interesting okay i like it yeah well thank you for doing this absolutely we went, we went over our time it's, but that's it always not always a bad thing way. if you have it so <laughs> yes um where can people find you well, anybody can find me. I mean, if if you go on any social media site and type in Dreamer Cigars, you can find us. It's either it's either just Dreamer Cigars or it has an underscore after. Um, and soon you will be able to find us on dcuniversity.com and dcdeals.com. I'm excited for that. Me too. <laughs> so. All right. Well, Adam Gard, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we'll have to do this. We'll have to do this again soon. And if you can get up to uh, the cold part of the Midwest, let me know and we'll, uh, we'll hit up a bunch of cigar lounges. Absolutely. So. Well, man, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I, I appreciate what you guys are trying to do. I know your name is, is controversial, but I, I know the, the vision that you guys have. And and the purpose that you guys have around the company, and, and I support it 100%. So awesome. thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you. All right. Thanks, man. See you thank next you. time. I'm going to end this stream.